irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. Denny, Nevin, Ricky, Trelona, Suzanne, Terry, Eric, Kevin, Lynn, and Jody. Ten of my people, my Boulderites, who were slain, shot down, and killed. A community is grieving. I'm grieving. Boulder is like my safe place. It's where I go to to get away from all this madness and to have madness enter into a place where peace and love really are the vibration and the chords of a community breaks my heart. And um, my guest tonight is Gordana Birnath. You all know her from hashtag know the truth and more importantly as my friend. And when I seek to understand grief, I seek to those who hashtag know the truth. <laughs> and Gordana is, is a dear friend of mine, as you know, over the years, this may, we're going to be here for 13 years on Max and friends. And so when we do a show like grief, which we planned for way before the shooting, um, I trust that the universe and all that is, is rising up to meet us to say, I see you, I hear you, and you matter. And that no matter what we're going through, like Gordana's book, number 230 says, the art of being the captain of your soul is to trust yourself when life is hard and enjoy yourself when life is good. So right now, you know, I'm sick of saying thoughts and prayers too. I feel you all, I hear you all, and I know what you're all going through in Boulder. And love and prayers and thoughts, they're nice. You know, it's its a nice frequency to be on. But love should be the frequency that we're on so that we don't have to have thoughts and prayers for slain victims. Thoughts and prayers are lovely. Don't get me wrong. You can tweet me at Max Tucci if you, if you want to have that conversation. But um, love is a high vibration. And we're going to, and grief, you know, grief has the vibration of something that's low, but we're going to raise the vibration of grief here tonight. That's really our topic, raising the vibration of grief. And what does grief mean to you? And what does grief mean to Gordana? We're going to find out tonight. Tweet me, Instagram me at Max Tucci, email me at Max Tucci. If you don't have the book already, hashtag know the truth, buy the book, hashtag know the truth, because I promise you, if you're grieving, it will get you through your grief. These last couple of days, it's it's really gotten me through grief um, and just opening and having phrases that saying, trust yourself when life is hard. You know, it's easy to to close the door and go into our safe space and go into our closets of, of grief. Um, but when there's light, like the book, hashtag know the truth, we are able to trust ourselves when life is hard because we're reminded that we can trust ourselves when life is hard. We were not built to break. I mean, we've made it this far. For those of you listening who thought, shit, I can never make it far. I'm not going to live and I'm going to kill myself or this or that. You are here right now in this present moment. And like I always like to say is where you are right now is exactly where you are supposed to be. And if it's in grieving, Gordon and I are going to try to raise the frequency of grief and help you get through it. So 
You all know her as the author, as the Super Soul 100 from Oprah's team. She's a writer, a thinker, and a speaker, a Hay House author, and friend to Max and Friends. I'm going to shake off this energy real quick. For those of you who can't see me, I'm rubbing my hands together because we got to raise this frequency and this vibration of grief. Um, it's a natural feeling. I'm going through it, and I'm glad that Gordana Birnat is here to join me so we could raise that vibration and that energy of grief. Welcome back to Max and Friends. Mm, thank you, Max. And thank you for this beautiful introduction to the show today. I felt it. It was heartfelt. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. You know, it's, uh, you know how much I love Boulder. <laughs> yes, I, mean, there, I do. Yeah. There's no secret to my, my love affair with Boulder. And so, yes. you know, when stuff like this happens, you know, I mean, it happens in America often. It's not something like the pandemic was where we as a world can grieve together, but mm-hmm. as a world, we should grieve together because this is something that really needs to stop. And other countries have, have made the effort to help mm-hmm. it stop. So, you know, I no experience is ever wasted. And I believe that all of the names that I read at the top of the show, their legacy will be to help stop these senseless moments where people are in pain. You know, I wrote the other day um, on Facebook that the word crazy is used incorrectly in my eyes. Uh, I don't think people are crazy. I think people are in pain. They're suffering. They're not being loved. They're not being heard. They're not being seen. And Mm -hmm. so they act out to that. And I think also we're coming out of this pandemic of a lot of death. I recently had... um, had acupuncture and Danielle, who does my acupuncture said, Max, there's been so much loss in your life. How do you grieve? And I said, loss for me has been something since I'm eight years old. I lost my father when I was eight and I didn't understand grieving then because I didn't understand he wasn't coming back home until I was like, you know, three or four months into his passing. So grief is something that I've learned to handle by saying that for the soul, there's no, there's Let's start over. For the soul, there's neither birth nor death that is eternal and everlasting. And love mm-hmm. is everlasting. And so I feel the love mm-hmm. and the presence of, of him always. And that helps me grieve. So before we mm-hmm. get into raising the frequency and the vibration of grief, what does grief mean to you? And how do you grieve, Gordana? Mm, grief for me is a really deep one. It's a very encompassing feeling because it is a reflection of love and loss of love. So for me, it's the ultimate feeling of separation and loss. Mm. And something like this feels like damage to the soul, even Mm. though the soul, who I truly am, cannot be hurt by anything. But in my physical life, grief is a reminder of that everything is... There is a time limit. So it becomes existential. I am reminded of that we are here for a short while. And I'm also reminded of the most important things to be present in the now moment every single time, Mm. because it's so easy to, you know, drift away and and start living our lives habitually. And then when something like this happens, it stops us. And we realized that we focus on the wrong things in life. So grief for me is a way to, kind of see through all the bullshit and really, really focus myself in Mm. what is important. And 
well, when you're in grief, you know what's important. So it is a deep, deep one and a totally different feeling from everything else. It's also unpredictable. Um, I know that there are stages in grief, but it's not linear. You can feel Mm. like you've healed and then something triggers you and you back into the grieving again. So it's a very, very specific um, feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not like anything else. Mm -hmm. It's a process, you know, and I like to call for me, I like to call grief a dance. Mm. You know, sometimes in our dance, we fall and, you know, we get back up and we go forward and we go back, but Mm. ultimately it's a dance. And And all dances come to an end at one point or another, you know, and it's not like grief has to come to an end. And the one thing Mm -hmm. about grief that I've learned over the years is that it's a very personal process. Yes. And there is like life. There's no right and wrong (laughs) to Mm -hmm. it. It's -hmm. whatever feels right for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know that grief can also hold us into a space and a place where we shut out from the world. where depression can come in, where we don't feel like we can go on. And so really, I think by doing this show tonight, by raising the vibration of grief grief, and raising the energy of grief, Mm. what we're doing is we're acknowledging, I hear Mm. you, I see you, you matter. Mm. And grief, like a closet, is no place to live. You know, Mm. Ash Beckham, who I have on the show, had uh, a wonderful TEDx talk called Heart Equals Heart, talking about coming out of the closet and not the gay Mm. closet, but a Mm. closet of pain, a closet of suffering, a closet where Mm. maybe you have to tell someone that you have cancer, that you have Mm. you're getting divorced, that painful Mm. closet. It's no place for us who are creative, fun, loving Mm. people who what what we're really all here to do is Mm. to celebrate one another and love one another. So when we're in these closets of grief, we need to not need to, but I recommend that we raise the vibration and open that door and bust out of it and live life. Because like you said, Gordana, it's unpredictable. But the one thing that all of us as humans share is life and death, birth and death. So to me, that gives me solace knowing that we're all going to die at one point. We just don't know when. So we have to enjoy it. So how do we raise the frequency of grief? Yeah, here's the thing with grief. Uh, Trying to raise the frequency of grief when you're not ready only enhances its depth. Mm. You you have to take the time. It is true that time heals all wounds. And time is crucial here. You cannot cannot force yourself out of it. Mm. I remember when my mother-in-law passed away. This is the first time I had a really, really close person to me pass away. And it was a shock to me because I went through all the stages and I, uh, and as soon as I thought that I, I had gone through everything and I was over it, I was reminded by it. I could watch a movie and I was reminded by her and it pulled me back again and again and again. And the most important thing is to not beat yourself up if you're pulled back into the grief again, if you're pulled back into this closet again. The most important thing is that you take the steps out, that you have the courage, that you dare to open mm. the door and take the steps out, even if you're going to be pulled back again. Because it's like a rubber band that will pull you back and mm. forth, back and forth. And it takes time. To force yourself out of it is to... I think it it um, enhances it and it 
it becomes it becomes prolongs harder it. and yeah, prolongs, yeah, prolongs. Thank you. I couldn't yeah. find the right word. I, I heard it in your head. It yes, <laughs> I heard it you there. Could feel it there. I could feel yeah. the frequency. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you have to go through this through all the stages. Maybe you don't follow it linearly. You know, oh. first the denial, and then the anger, and then the sadness, and then mm. some kind of acceptance. Maybe you don't follow it linearly. Maybe it's in a different order for you, but still we have to go through all of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that grieving is actually more, we connected to death of a loved one, mm-hmm. but it can be for something else. I mean, I think that we are globally in grief right now because we are grieving a loss, a loss of normalcy, a, a, a loss of, um, our everyday life, touching someone else, being outside, doing the things that we usually do. This is a loss. Every loss is connected to some kind of grief. Mm-hmm. So grief is much bigger than we actually acknowledge it in our society. We could put grief into many, many situations where we wouldn't think that we are mm-hmm. grieving. Mm-hmm. But I think that we are actually. And we every are. time. And then yeah. we replace the word grief with something else. Yes. Anxiety. Right. And, Depression, yeah. anxiety, yeah. fear, loss, yes. confused. Yes. This erratic it becomes like erratic behavior. Yes. When we talk about frequency, mm-hmm. um, I know in hashtag know the truth, the book, here's my copy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you talk about frequency and you. Mm-hmm. And that's Truth Thought 26. And I would love for you to read it um, Mm -hmm. because I think to understand frequency of something, we have to understand frequency within ourselves and what it means. Mm -hmm. So let's get into frequency and Mm -hmm. us, frequency and you, the listener. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the thought number 26. It's you attract things of the same frequency as you. How conscious of what you really want are you mm. do you want me to continue reading please yes okay continue. okay i think you know the, what let's continue we're gonna do this is a live show everybody you know mm. <laughs> these are unscripted live shows and we're grateful yes. that you're tuning into max and friends so let's do this frequency and you go from 26 to 33 continually and so we really understand it okay so here we go Frequency and you. You attract things of the same frequency as you. How conscious of what you really want are you? The creation of your reality is not so much a law of attraction pulling things to you. It is a law of corresponding equal frequency working through you via your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. The law of corresponding frequency works regardless of whether you are deliberately thinking Randomly daydreaming, visualizing, worrying, dreaming, dreading, or wishing it out loud. It mirrors your beliefs exactly and unconditionally. When you believe something to be true about yourself or your reality, you are sending information to your source in all that is the quantum field, source, the universe, God, call it whatever you wish, about how your reality seems to you. You are sharing data about what you feel are the most probable outcomes in your reality. Your beliefs then align your frequency to the matching frequency in the quantum field and manifest your chosen vibration through you 
for you to see, feel, hear, or taste in your physical reality. And here is the trick. You cannot perceive a frequency other than the one you have tuned into with your thoughts, emotions, and beliefs. It's like a radio station. There are other frequencies out there, but you can only hear the one to which your radio is tuned. To change your frequency, you have to change your thoughts, your feelings, and what you believe. If your beliefs are incongruent with your thoughts, words, and actions, they annihilate each other and the status quo is preserved. Nothing new happens. Everything stays the same and there is no change. That is why a pep talk will work only if you believe what is being said to you. If both your thoughts and your beliefs are negative, the outcome will be as negative as you imagine it to be. If your thoughts are positive and match your beliefs perfectly, the outcome will be as positive as you imagine it to be. In other words, you receive what you consciously or subconsciously believe. Your frequency is the request. Identical vibration in the quantum field is the answer. Manifestation is the result. In other words, life does not happen to you. It happens through you. Think about this. Is if everything in the universe is made of energy vibrating at different frequencies, then our primary sense, in fact, must in fact be some kind of frequency recognition and not sight, sound, touch, smell, and taste. Our five senses are only secondary translations of the initial frequency recognition. You're the one interpreting and directing the sound, taste, look, and feel of your universe. Because what you choose to focus your awareness on, good or bad, joy or sadness, love or hate, becomes the dominant frequency of your reality. We live in a reality that is created through us and has the same frequency as us. What we believe reality to be, so it is. Your frequency is either negative, fear, or positive, love. It cannot be both at the same time. It is always your choice. So in a sense, you're the light in the dark universe. The darkness of the universe is not a negative thing. It is pure consciousness of all that is densely containing everything. The light of your focused awareness is just the light searching out and extracting things from the infinite darkness of all that is. It is your interpretation of whatever you shine your awareness on that gives it meaning. By naming things good, bad, positive, negative, like, don't like, love, hate, beautiful, or ugly, you give them meaning. But if you look at it from a broader perspective of reality, what you are encountering and experiencing in a different ways is neutral frequencies and vibrations. And all the values you attach to the frequencies you choose to explore are subjective. Your interpretation and perception gives them meaning and content. This is why the universe needs you to exist. You give it meaning. Without you, there is no meaning. You are the meaning. 
everything you see in your reality is there in accordance with your consciousness, your awareness, and your frequency. There appears to be a misconception that we are only able to create from time to time or when the spirit moves us. But the law of attraction is a constant law, a principle that works all the time. That is why it is called a law. Believing that we create only occasionally or saying that the law of attraction doesn't work for us is like suggesting that gravity only works on certain days or in certain locations or only on certain people. The fact is, you are always creating and the law of attraction is always working. It is your frequency that determines what you manifest. In other words, you are always sending a frequency with your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, and the universe is always responding to your specific frequency. The question begging to be asked then is, how do we change frequency? Your feelings are indicators of your frequency and your current point of creation. To change your future, look for good things now. Have the courage, integrity, and grace to say no to negative suggestions from your outer surroundings because mind is a tool with which you create your reality. Everything that does not belong in your ideal reality shouldn't be in your thoughts. Focus on deliberately, actively, and intensely finding even the smallest things to appreciate, love for, enjoy, laugh at, be amazed, be amazed by, be touched by, or feel gratitude for. It will instantly change your frequency and align you with your source. It will align you with your source. All right, we're going to take a minute here so that you can have a drink of water. We can compose ourselves. That was so beautifully, so beautifully spoken. And you know that I constantly tweet, hey, house, that we want to do an audio version. And maybe this was the the foundation for it. We're going to play a song right now so that we can just repose. And um, Mm -hmm. that you mean so much to me by Thomas Hibner. And I dedicate this song to every family member, not only in Boulder, but everyone that is suffering right now or going through grief. We really are the creators of a reality. And if we want to raise the vibration, one way to do it is by playing music and by remembering those that we love and remembering that every time we say their name, their energy, their spirit is felt. So right now, Max and friends, that you mean so much to me. And when we're back, Gordon and I are going to continue to raise the frequency of grief here on Max and Friends. Stay tuned. Walking around trying to figure it out A missing part that's lost inside of me Every once in a while there would be some teardrops Hitting the ground wherever I go It's not easy for me to let you go Even though I pretend it didn't bother me Stop thinking about you That you mean so much to me Knowing we were close Having so much to say about you Watching you walk away 
not saying anything towards something that could have been different right now. All I was trying to do was to show my love to you by waiting for your blessing, knowing that you mean so much to me. Think about you even more. I can't stop thinking about you, that you mean so much to me. When we were close, having so much to say about you, watching you walk away without saying anything towards something that could have been different right now. You mean so much to me It's hard to live my life You were not by my side Or I regret something What I should have told you It's not easy for me To let you go But one day my heart Will let you go With the pain of losing you I will hide my breath That you mean so much to me That you mean so much to me Memories of you will never fly away from my heart Memories of you will never fly away from my heart That you mean so much Fly away from my heart Memories of you will never fly away from my heart That you mean so much to me Having so much to say about you Watching you walk away Without saying anything towards something that could have been different right now All I was trying to do was to show my love to you I waiting for your blessing Knowing that you mean so much to me
LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back. That song was That You Mean So Much to Me, written by our pal Thomas Hibner. Gordana Bernat is here, author of Hashtag Know the Truth. Get the book. If you're grieving right now, there's so many books about grief. We've done grief shows here. But one book that I do love, Hashtag Know the Truth, because there's a wonderful truth thought number 88. That's And Gordana writes, this is a very good and easy way to start an avalanche of positive change without any effort. And it's number 88. And it says, know yourself, trust yourself, interact honestly with others, focus on the solutions, and always look for the best in others. Um, And I think for me, that truth thought, Gordana, is brilliant in a time like this. Because the first thing when there is a crisis like Boulder happened, everyone wants to know who the person was, what do they do, who are they, what's their name? And that lowers, to me, the frequency. And I think Boulder got a lot of heat for not saying who this person was right away. And I think what it did was it decompressed and it it compressed also the the negative energy. And also it just allowed for us to take a moment to not focus on who did it, but rather who was affected by it. Mm-hmm. And then that way we can send love out and raise the frequency of sending love. So you know, I have to ask you this question because I've had you on the show. Who, at this point, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> For I those don't of know. you who are listening, I know that you're Gordana fans. And if you know, let us know. Um, where where do the truth thoughts percolate from mm. for you? It is a soul space and it's in the center of my body. It really is in my heart. I never allow anything out into this world unless it has passed this love filter I have in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it has to have the right frequency. It's not about being positive. It's more about coming from truth. Um, it's not just happy thoughts coming out. It has to come from truth. It has to have a meaning and I know when my ego speaks, I can hear it. So Mm. I never put out anything that is, that comes from my ego. It has to come from my heart space. And it's take, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, No, speaking of heart space, for those who are grieving, how do we raise that heart space frequency to take a a pause and Mm. to not have that rage and anger to come out and, be vicious or violent? How do we take that pause so that we can filter through the ego so that what we're really admitting is love? How do we do that? I think it's a question of surrendering because hate and anger, they're just substitutes Mm. um, for Mm. the real feeling that is underneath. But it feels almost dangerous to allow Um, the feelings that come from your heart out because it's so painful. Grief is connected to love. It's a reflection of love. It's a reflection of loss of love. And it's irrevocable. You can't bring it back. So that's why you are afraid to allow it out of you. And then you you look for the frequencies of anger and, and, and fear maybe or every other feeling because it's more comfortable to feel those feelings than going deeper and feeling the loss of love because that is devastating to feel. So that's why we, some of us pull back and and we get angry instead. It's like, you know, when someone passes away and you focus on the funeral and everything feels like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm handling this. And then after the funeral, you actually 
are not handling anything. You feel totally fragmentized by mm. it. So it's a question of being almost afraid to surrender to the feeling of loss of love mm-hmm. within you. I so think how, that is, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And how do we surrender? For those that are listening tonight who are filled with fear, hate, mm-hmm. anger, rage, how do we surrender? I think that speaking with each other and focusing on the, the the things that are really important and the things that are really important is to focus on the families who have had the loss. And then after a while, you can deal with who did it and why. Mm. But focusing on the people that need your help by helping others, you might be focused on the right feeling if you try to help others. I, I remember when my mother-in-law died, we uh, there was a bunch of aunts you know, the, the old mm-hmm. ladies who pull you to their chest and hug you to death. And these women knew exactly what me and my husband needed. They said, oh, come over for a cup of tea. And then when we came over, they had made dinner and they took care of us and they loved us to death. And we talked about Gregor's mother and they gave us space to talk about her, to, to talk about her with someone who knew her. Mm-hmm. So that we could keep her alive for that moment and just to feel that we are allowed to almost like saying goodbye to her for the last time when we speak with other people who remember them too. So just being there for others is a way to raise that frequency, I think. So focusing on those people who need your help instead of being hug. angry. Yes, yeah, yes, and need your hug. Yes. You know, that song that I played that you mean so much, um, mm-hmm. I love it because it says that you mean so much to me and then when you walked away Mm. and how many times do, and not in the sense where they're leaving you, but do our loved ones, our children, our family, our loved ones in general, walk away. Mm. They go out to work, they go to the supermarket, they go wherever. And we never know if that's going to be the last time we see them. Mm. And I think by having that revelation, Mm. by being with them, we can love them more. Yes, And I think that's a way to raise grief is to prepare yourself for it mm. in the essence of loving someone so much while they're alive that you've mm. loved them up so much <laughs> that all you mm. have for them is love. And then you take mm. those memories of love that you created and then you can mm. bring that into your grieving. I think when we mm. shift from the consciousness, unconsciousness rather, to the consciousness of we're not here like my friend Big Ange used to say. She used to say, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. And when we make that our mantra, that we're not here for a long time in the realm of time. And, I, you know, I love the illusion of time. It's a flash in the, in the pan that we're here. Yes. So if we love one another unconditionally and we give that unconditional love to one another and to ourselves, it prepares us for the grief. That's just from my experience. So what I'm, I would love our listeners to to digest and take with them and hold to them and to hold to their heart space is if you're in an argument with someone right now, I'm going to be real. Like I would say to my niece, cut the shit, Mm. love that person so much because I guarantee you that if something were to happen to them, you would be devastated and your grief would be even more so. So cut the grudges and raise the frequency of love, 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 seriously, love one another and love yourself so much 
that when someone who you do love passes, all you can say is that I love them so much. What do you think mm. about that? <laughs> I think it's very, very beautiful because it is exactly what we're supposed to focus on. Um, mm. It's about being present in the now moment with with the ones that you love, not mm. just being there, but being present with them. You don't need to say I love you all the time, but being present. <laughs> present. That is Consciously the key present. Word. Putting down cell phones. <laughs> yes, not sitting with your cell phone. Oh. Being being aware of the other person's energy with mm. you. Being there with them fully and utterly. And I think that is what death actually does remind us of. We really can cut through the bullshit. We mm-hmm. see what the really important things in life. I remember that being in grief, and I'm talking about my uh, mother-in-law still, because that mm-hmm. was a devastating moment for mm-hmm. me and my husband. It came yeah. suddenly and we were not prepared. But anyway, I remember walking through the city and I was walking like in a fog because nothing was important. What did, um, what did make me more present was things that happened in nature. For instance, we were sitting on uh, on a balcony and we were looking out and there was this gorgeous sunset and I could feel her presence in that mm. sunset. Yeah. I could feel her presence in that sunset. I could hear her music in the Gregorian chanting behind us and I felt that she was there. This made such a big impact on me that every time I see a sunset, I think of my Mm -hmm. mother-in-law, which is a way for me to keep her alive in my Mm -hmm. heart and also to take the best of what she had and keep it alive within me. There was this feeling of how can I... I mean, it will never be the same without her, but how can I transition from it will never be the same and the, and the horrible feeling about that to finding some kind of meaning? And how do I go from that space to, to honoring her? Mm-hmm. And I realized that if I focus on her best traits. How can I use that? How can I incorporate those traits? So for me, she was all about unconditional love. She was all about presence. She she had so much humor. She could last, laugh at herself. She was graceful and kind. All of these things, all of these traits, every time I know that I'm in trouble or that I do not understand my reality, I can think of her and ask myself, how would Barbara have done it? And then I copy that. So in a sense, she lives through me in every Mm. single time where I feel that I'm lost. I can almost call upon her and say, Barbara, please, how would you do this? And I know that the answer coming from her will always be about unconditional love. It will always be about presence. It will always Mm. be about love. So I use her now in order to align myself with the best traits that I can have. And that's where I find meaning in what happened to her then. Mm -hmm. I can't get her back because the first time, I mean, the first weeks, months, maybe even longer than that, I was angry because she was taken away from us. And Mm -hmm. then the sadness, you know, all the stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But finally, coming to the stage where I surrender to it that, okay, she won't be around anymore. So how can I 
best honor her. And I can only do that by seeing her in the most beautiful things in my reality, because that was who she was. Mm -hmm. So that's also a way to elevate the frequency of grief. But as I said before, you cannot rush this. You need to have your time to grieve and you need to have your time to focus on healing and and Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you need to explore. You need to have the time to do that. You know, a friend of mine used to say, we have to live in the moments and not the memory. Mm -hmm. And what I just heard by you saying that is that we have to live in the moment so we can live in the memory when they're no longer with us. You know, and that anger and that rage that you felt like she was taking too soon. You know, we've said it here on Max and Friends on all that's all that, you know, I'm an open book for all of you who are listening and you're listening to Max and Friends. My host, my host is Gordana Birnat and I'm I'm the guest. I'm just the guest today. (laughs) Okay. I'm learning so much right now in the sense that I'm learning what I, what I've known, but because something tragic happens, I forget. Yes. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because, Mm. um, you know, I have the story of my, from my fuck you to thank you when my father died. I was, mm. and I wasn't pissed as a child. I was pissed mm. more when I started getting older and my mother was giving me roles of father and brother and uncle and, you know, husband, all these roles that I was never supposed to have. But mm. that's all she knew. She didn't know, you know, she was a grieving widow. So mm. I don't blame her. So for those of you who are listening, I do not blame my mother. Do I not know. You love her. I, I love know. my mother. I'm in Florida right now. My mom is outside there swimming. I know yeah. I'm going to Boulder actually on Sunday when this show airs. And I yes. promise you when I get there, I'm going to kiss the ground so that I just can put my love frequency into it. I'm really, yeah. you know, I'm going to do that. So, yes, um, I know. I know. So I was pissed for years when I got older about mm. my father. And mm. like I said, his death gave me my life. And that's when I could let go of the the anger, the quote unquote, mm-hmm. the fuck you and say, thank you. And I mm. love you. And um, that didn't happen for, woo, <laughs> let's see, I was eight. So probably when I was about 30, that happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's because I was clouded by everyone else's grief that I was yes. never able to experience my own grief. Yes. So, Experience your grief. And I'm telling you right now that however you're doing it, it is the right way because it's mm-hmm. your way and own it. Um, own your way to grief. Um, you know, Gordana in 212 says, when you start imagining how you want your life to unfold, you invite the possibilities into your reality and life. So how is mm-hmm. it that you want your grief to unfold? How do we let our, how can we let our grief unfold? You know, we go back to nature like a flower. When a flower Mm. blooms next to another one, there's no judgment. It just blooms and then dances in the wind and dances in the rain. So how do we as humans connect to how nature is by letting people just grieve naturally and let it unfold naturally without judging them? What advice do you tell people? Um, To let it be as it is. Not As I said, you cannot force anything to allow people to feel whatever they need to feel in that moment. Never, ever say, yes, yes, but you need closure. When you are ready for closure, you get your closure, but you cannot do it. You cannot force it. You cannot push it. You have to go through this. For me, I mean, I've, I feel like the grief you learn how to deal with it. It never goes away. You learn how to live with it and 
from times to times you're triggered, you go back. It's mm. like this rubber band back and mm -hmm. forth, back and forth, allowing yourself to do that, not beating yourself up and allowing your loved ones who are grieving to do so, not to try and trick them out of their state of mind. Everybody needs their own time. Grief is such a, it's such an individual thing. It's such a unique thing for every human being. It, it's never the same for everyone. So mm -hmm. there are no, you know, fixed things. Do this and it'll get better. It, it never is like that. But mm -hmm. just being aware of that it is okay to grieve in any way you feel mm -hmm. like you need to do. To give yourself space, not to put mm -hmm. any conditions on this and just allow yourself to be mm -hmm. as it is. Because... You know, this feeling is so strong that it sometimes pushes you to the limits. And then when you cannot take it anymore, you need, you, you have to surrender. Mm -hmm. And that's when the transition comes, when you cannot mm -hmm. take anymore and you surrender to what is, and that's when you transition to the next stage, mm -hmm. but you can't plan it. You can't no. fix it or trick it, or it, it, it doesn't work that way. It's just there until you are ready to leave it. Yeah. That's like life. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, it is a part of life. Yeah. That they say yeah. when we plan, God laughs, you know, absolutely, always. <laughs> um, you know, I was just thinking of that quote, it gets better. Mm -hmm. And I know for some people that sounds like false hope. Um, And for some people who've been grieving for years and decades and are saying mm. it doesn't get better, mm. um, just talking about it, I think, mm. is one step for it to get better. And it's a way that mm. I've that I've processed my grief is to talk mm. about it. And even mm. if you can't find someone to talk to, talk to yourself. I love talking yeah. to myself, you know, yeah. but really, I think open up your heart to really talk about what's bothering you. And you can always tweet me at Max Tucci or Instagram me at Max Tucci to tell me what's on your mind. You know, I really, mm. I want to know because I can direct yeah. you. Yeah. Tell me, Gordana. Yeah. The thing is, one and the same person can grieve in different ways. I remember when my husband's uh, father died, mm -hmm. he was in such deep pain, even though he didn't have the best of relationships with his father, he did have a good relationship, but mm. it was not even close to the re relationship to his mother. And yet when I looked at him, he, his grief was different for the both of them. Mm -hmm. When his father passed away, it was almost physical. You could see it in his face. He mm. was all cramped up. When his mother passed away, this grief was so much deeper and mm. more subtle and not showing. It was more private. It is, it is amazing how grief affects you in different ways. Yeah. So, and they're even all one, the right ways. And they're all, all the right every ways. single, yes, yeah. all the right That's what, ways. I think really the, the whole message of this show and the takeaway is that however you're grieving is the right way. Yes. You agree. Absolutely. You know, the illusion of time is here and I can have this conversation for hours and hours and hours and hours with yes. you because I know that it would go into so many other different conversations. But yes. what I do know is that we have to end the show. Mm. And what I would like to end the show with is you reading True Thought 231 to everyone. This is what I want you all to take with you into this week. So Gordana is going to read it. And then right after that, I'm going to wrap the show. So stay tuned because right now, Gordana, be, be or not, hashtag know the truth, 231. Okay, so 
I want us all to close our eyes, take a deep breath in and out. Now put your hand on your heart and take another deep breath in and out. Now repeat after me. I am the light in the darkness. I am the light in the darkness. I am the love in the hate. I am the love in the hate. I am the calmness in the storm. I am the calmness in the storm. I am the courage in the fear. I am the courage in the fear. I'll take a deep breath in and out. And there you go. And there you go. Gordana Birnat, I love you. I love you too, Max. And Thank you, know you for being here. Thank you for helping us raise the frequency of grief and knowing that where we are right now in our grief process is exactly where we're supposed to be. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I look forward to the next time. And until that next time, love one another more than ever. Be present with one another. Put your phones down. Hug more. Love more. And you know what? Just be there for one another more than ever. I promise you, your love is felt throughout the world. So when you love someone, you're loving someone and someone and someone and someone and someone and so on. So keep the love train going. I love you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your host, Max Tucci for Max and Friends. Good night and good karma. And remember to take life to the max. Peace and love.